This is Reconversations. Welcome to this special series of the Crexy Podcast, an insider's look at all things commercial real estate, powered by NNN Pro Group, the market leading investment sales and advisory team. In this exclusive miniseries, Crexy visited ICSC Recon live in Las Vegas from the floor of the convention center at the NNN Pro Group's booth to sit down with movers and shakers in all things commercial real estate. Our mission, investigate trends, educate listeners, and uncover ground-level insights into the latest industry news. With Reconversations, the Crexy Podcast hopes to provide next-level access into the inner workings of commercial real estate for this generation and the next. Welcome and thank you all for joining us for this special series of the Crexy Podcast, live from the NNN Pro Group's booth here on the floor of ICSC's Recon 2023. This is Reconversations, an insider's look at all things commercial real estate with next-level insights and expertise. This is powered by the NNN Pro Group, the market's leading net lease investment sales and advisory team. And today we are thrilled to sit down with Joe Dos Reyes, SVP of Retail Development at GemCap Development. A little bit about our guest before we jump in. Joe has over 22 years of experience in the commercial real estate industry. Uh, you began your career as an account executive for an investment properties team at CBRE, uh, where you served 12 years in various capacities, including investment properties, retail leasing, and global corporate service divisions. Following his time with CBRE, Joe made the transition to the occupier side of the business when he joined Krispy Kreme as a retail estate manager and led new store development efforts and existing store lease renegotiations for the brand. This was followed by his time as director of real estate at Bojangles, where he led a team of real estate professionals overseeing all franchise and corporate new store development, existing store lease optimization efforts. Joe earned a bachelor's of science in social science from California State University, Fresno, and a Juris Doctorate from the University of Pacific McGeorge School of Law. Joe is a proud military veteran where he served as a combat engineer for the U.S. Army. Thank you for your service. Thank you. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. How's the show been so, for you so far? Uh, it's been exhausting. It's the last day. And, you know, as you could probably hear from my voice, it's taken a beating over the last few days, but uh, it's all good. Yeah. I mean, if you go home with a voice, did you really show up? To, uh, I don't to think you accomplished much. Right. Um, well, let's just first jump into a little bit about your background. Tell me where you're from and how you got into commercial real estate. So I um, actually fell into commercial real estate uh, after I graduated law school. Um, the investment team at CBRE that was hiring was actually looking for attorneys. And uh, so that caught my eye. I've always thought real estate would be good to get into. And uh, so rather than pursuing the legal career, I chose real estate and um, the rest is history. And was there um, a reason why you got into your specific focus? You know, what kind of led you down that path? Um, again, it was just kind of how the water flowed. So um, the team at CBRE was an investment sales uh, team. So that's how I got into investment sales. Uh, from there, being exposed to, you know, how projects were financed and, and uh, led me to the occupier side eventually where I could use that knowledge to understand what developers are looking at, what buyers are looking at to structure our leases to actually make them more palatable to eventual buyers. And did you have any mentors that you kind of learned from along the way? I have uh, several, but one I'd want to call out would be Jose Costa. And he is uh, the CEO of Magnolia 
uh, car wash. And he um, was the chief development officer at Bojangles while I was there. And he is a, a wonderful person and a great leader. And it had a lasting impact on me personally and professionally. Um, what were some lessons that you learned early along the way um, that kind of helped shape your career path? You know, no deal is worth dying for. And I don't mean that in a literal sense, obviously. But, um, you know, I... I watching especially younger brokers and uh, developers um, they every deal is life or death and uh, and it's really not but they act as though it is and I've found as you if you step back and relax a little bit understanding that a lot of time and money is on the line if you step back and take it as if this goes away there'll be another one uh, you you tend to be more successful in the one you're trying to save when you uh, try to grab on tight, and clenched fist, uh, the, the opportunity usually goes away. You choke it to death. You know, you're trying to hold on too tight. And so um, just relax. Were there any favorite mistakes that you kind of made along the way that helped, you know, shape you or you didn't recognize it as, as opportunities at the time? Uh, you know, nothing jumps to mind. A, a big mistake that was a good learning lesson. I'd have to Maybe we could circle back on that. Let me think about that. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to jump into kind of the reason everyone's here, which is, you know, retail. Um, in respect to your experience, what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing in the commercial real estate market today? Oh, gosh, we're in a topsy-turvy market right now. Um, and for better or worse, I think in our position, because of our unique capital stack, uh, it's for the better. But I'm seeing a lot of um, 2008 uh, feelings and, and trends, and that's concerning um, because financing is drying up, the capital markets are creaking to a halt, and that's really where the rubber meets the road. If if the credit becomes unavailable for a lot of people, um, they can't do business, and that'll be problematic. And so, again, for us, um, how we fund our projects with lines of credit and internal financing we're not relying on individual project debt so if the capital markets dry up we're in a great position so that in a way we're kind of hoping it corrects and even corrects more than a correction uh, uh we don't want to see 08 again but it's looks like it's heading that way sounds like if you've learned from the previous lessons and you're probably in a pretty good position right now you know, I was on the side. Yeah, I was on the broker side at the time in, in 2008. So, you know, there, there, there's one lesson, right? Um, be more uh, to, to pay more attention to the market and not just you tend to get focused in real estate and you don't focus on things outside of real estate, but are related. So your financing, um, you know, as an investment broker, that was important, but it wasn't the main priority. The main priority was selling your properties. Um, not realizing that without capital or access to capital, buyers couldn't buy your properties. So it, it impacted you. And um, so that was the lesson is see the trend and prepare for the trend. And, uh, you know, not to use the cliche, but, you know, keep your powder dry. Have the people that made a lot of money after 08 were the people that saw it coming or at least reacted quickly when it did happen and uh, started surplusing cash uh, so they could then go in and buy properties for a fraction of what they were just six months before. What do you think the implications of these current trends are for investors now? For investors now, um, it's a good time to be an investor right now because prices are going down, cap rates are going up. And uh, so, you know, 
last check, I saw there were 150 Starbucks on the market right now. So as an investor, you know, you have your pick of the litter. You know, you don't have to buy the four and a half cap deal anymore. Uh, so you can sit back and look and wait and see, make sure the credit's good, make sure the location's good. And you know, you're going to get a, a relatively good price. Um, you know, even paying a five and a half cap for these deals, you know, several years ago, these trading seven. Right. So it's better than it was, not as good as 2009, 2010, but maybe uh, 2025 will be 2010 all over again. Right. Um, what do you think some of the biggest challenges facing the commercial real estate market are today? I mean, I know the interest rates are. It's only a 20 minute podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that might take a, a long time to answer. The interest rates, the obvious one, but that's low hanging fruit. I say the things that uh, often go overlooked is, um, and it's related to interest. They're all intertwined, right? So yeah. um, the, the problem with uh, tenants understanding that uh, costs have gone up for every construction material imaginable. And so to, to build a building, you know, um, if it cost you 2 million two years ago, it's two eight now. And uh, the tenants have been slow to uh, make that adjustment. So they're used to paying rent in a certain range and that rent doesn't exist anymore. It's gonna be higher. And uh, they, you know, so they can't get it through investment committees and they can't get it past real estate committee. Uh, they can't, it, it doesn't pencil anymore for them. So. That's a that's a big challenge. You know, the supply chain still a challenge. We can't get material, um, material. You know, freezers and and walk-in coolers that used to have a twenty-four week lead time, they're almost fifty-four, fifty-five weeks now. You know, so tenants and, and developers in a build-a-suit scenario have to order these things much much earlier and be prepared for that. Otherwise, when you get to your typical installation time in your construction cycle, you're sitting there waiting for a walk-in cooler and you're going to wait another three months and you're basically ground to a halt. And so if you don't anticipate these things ahead of time, it can drag out your your build time and tenants aren't happy with that. They're paying more for the building and it's taking longer to get it. You know, right. so nobody's happy with that scenario. So um, it's it's really being able to anticipate these bumps in the road that we know are there and they change. But, you know, if you're in tune to the market and you're in tune to what's happening, you can anticipate them. Speaking of being in tune with the market, where do you think you see uh, some of the, the biggest opportunities, you know, in the light of how the market is shifting right now? Uh, I th there's going to be, um, we, we don't really delve into the office market, but that's probably going to be some of the biggest opportunities. Office is struggling. Uh, the return to work never really materialized. Some of the um, big tenants um, threatened to return to work and they even capitulated uh, and did a hybrid model, right? So, they're releasing a lot of office space. There's a lot of dark office space. I was in California during the dot-com uh, bust, boom and bust uh, in the early 2000s. And most people outside of California and maybe Denver, I think was impacted pretty heavily uh, because of the tech concentration. They didn't even know that happened, uh, but it happened where you had um, a lot, you know, millions of square feet of dark office space. And uh, back then I always joke that, uh, Aeron chairs were the cool thing for all the tech companies. And there were warehouses with millions of Aeron chairs and you could buy them. There were, I, I, I think at the time it was like $800 a chair uh, and you could buy them for like $50 a chair, but you had to buy 2000 of them. So you had to buy them in bulk. There were so many of them yeah. because of all the office space. Uh, so I think office is gonna be a big um, opportunity. You, you know, what do you do with it? You'd have to repurpose it, maybe some multifamily conversion. I think there's some opportunity there. Um, I don't know that it'll ever be retenanted. 
Uh, I think you'll see tenants have the opportunity, a flight to quality, right? They can get out of their C space, get into A space for the same price, or maybe even less. So um, opportunity for tenants and, and investors and developers in the office sector. Uh, for retail, I think you'll see a kind of a cleaning out of, there's been a lot of uh, developers that have become developers in the last few years. Mm -hmm. There's been uh, a lot of brokers that have cut their teeth in the last few years. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I think hard times are going to weed a lot of the, the deadwood off. And, and uh, so there's opportunity there. You'll have less people playing in the, in the pool. And so you can pick up some, some deals. Of course, I think tenants will, will start to fail. Um, franchisees with, a, you know, limited operating experience and only a few stores, they're going to struggle the worst and they can lease, they're least likely or least able to absorb the increased costs. Uh, that we're seeing now. And so I think you'll see some, a lot of dark QSRs mainly um, where the franchise operators just couldn't continue to operate. All right. What are your thoughts about technology, uh, specifically in commercial real estate, the value and rising accessibility of data, um, you know, the, the looming, um, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a threat, but, um, you know, a, uh, AI is starting to kind of pervade every conversation around really every industry, you know, what are your thoughts around, uh, tech right now? I, I am, I love technology and, uh, it makes our job a lot easier. Um, I've read books on kind of old school site selection and, uh, and some of the, uh, anecdotes where they're trying to count traffic and they did it by sitting in a car with a stopwatch and Clicker. physically counting yeah. traffic. And, uh, and I couldn't imagine doing that. And so I've been lucky that the technology has been around where I can pull a report. Uh, so I enjoy it. The, the, the one, um, big caveat that I would put around all technology is there's so much of it and it's so available and it's pervasive that, uh, it, if you can't aggregate it and, and move it and use it in a, or convert it to a usable format to where you can easily extrapolate the information that you need. Um, it's just a bunch of numbers that nobody really knows how to apply or they apply it incorrectly because they're, they're looking at the wrong thing because there's so much, it's almost white noise. And so it's really be focused on your technology, what you want out of it, uh, and, and getting the right, uh, technological tool to get the, the, the product that you want. I got a couple of rapid fire questions for you before we uh, finish up. If you're given $50 million today and had to spend it right away, you know, what would you buy and where and why? So my obvious answer, I know you said I couldn't have had to spend it right away, would be not to spend it. It would be <laughs> to hold it and wait because I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Let's but say it's six months from six, now. <laughs> six months, I have to spend it. Um, I think you're going to start to see, um, a, 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 like I said, the QSR, there's going to be a lot of shake out there. Um, there's a lot of older QSR buildings that um, need remodels. Yep. Tenants don't have the money, so they're gonna they're gonna get out of them. So uh, I think that I think there's a lot of bank opportunities that um, uh, are gonna become available. So I would start um, generally probably in the CBD and and pushing out more to the suburbs suburbs, but uh, focusing on the CBD because as the offices for our listeners that don't know CBD central business district, uh, traditionally where all the offices are, yeah. uh, without the, uh, people in the office, they're not buying lunch. They're not going shopping on their lunch break. And so the, the ancillary retailers around the CBD, they're starting to feel that pinch too. And right. so I think that's where you'll start to see some opportunities. So uh, I'd start looking for uh, vulture deals yeah. uh, in that area. Yeah. Favorite tool or software you use on the job. 
every tool or software I use on the job. Um, I actually, and you guys did not pay me to say this, I actually enjoy Crexy quite a bit. Um, our company is in the process of converting to use Crexy. We're not yet. Um, we're partially using it, but uh, converting to use it, I it it takes all the best things of competitors um, and all and gets rid of all the worst things from the competitors. So uh, it really is a tool. I, we use it daily. Everybody on our teams uh, use it day in and day out. So that would probably be the top one we use the most. I'm really happy to hear that it's working out. And then what's the most common misconception about your job or industry? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I would say there's so many. I would say the common uh, is that um, all developers are real estate tycoons. Yeah. Uh, they come in like in any anything. They come in all shapes and sizes. And some are uh, big, big shops and some are small shops and some struggle to make it day by day. And uh, some are very successful. So, uh, you know, the public, they hear the term developer and they immediately think, Donald Trump, right? Uh, and not every developer is, is Donald Trump. Uh, we, there'd be a problem if we, if they were. Right? <laughs> a lot more developers would be uh, yeah, trying to get into the business. Life would be a little more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for. Oh, before we go, is there anything uh, as we wrap up? Any parting words you want to share with our audience? No, I would say um, if uh, if you're looking for a single net leased retail developer, uh, GemCap, we develop nationwide, and we would love the opportunity to uh, work. We focus only in retail and uh, usually single tenant or small strip centers. That's our, our niche focus. And like I said, we don't rely on uh, individual project financing. Uh, so we have capital available, um, no need for appraisals, loan to value concerns, anything like that. So we're always looking for deals uh, across the country. We focus nationwide. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight and expertise. You know, if people want to find you, how can they reach you? Uh, email, website? Uh, email is uh, joe at, at gemcapdevelopment.com, and that's G-E-M-C-A-P development.com. Uh, and our website is gemcapdevelopment.com, and they can uh, reach me that way. Thanks to everyone who tuned in to today's Reconversations, powered by NNN Pro Group. A special shout out and thanks to our friends at the NNN Pro Group for hosting us at their booth this week at ICSC. As mentioned earlier, NNN Pro Group is the market leading net lease investment sales and advisory team in the country. To learn more, you can visit their website at nnnpro.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure not to miss the next one. Subscribe to the Crexy Podcast on your favorite podcast app or check out our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash Crexy for video recordings of each episode. Goodbye, stay well, we'll see you next time.